Hi, and welcome to an episode of our Pulse In, brought to you by the Students of Color Collective in partnership with CFUV. SOC is an advocacy group committed to anti-racism, social justice, and BIPOC mental health. We provide community support and resources for racialized students. This year, our Pulse In is an audio project with themes such as love, unity, and social justice. These episodes were produced on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples and the Basanich peoples. Hello and welcome to another episode of our artist interviews for the Students of Color Collective's annual zine. My name is Foon Aroa-Basoy and I am the Cultural Events Coordinator for SOC here at UVic. And today I am joined with Nassim Asghari, author of the four-part poem ensemble that is featured in this year's edition of SOC's zine. Nassim, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, hello, peace. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to talking to you further. So I was hoping that we could start with introductions. Um, as I said earlier, your name is Nassim, and you submitted some poems here for SOC. Um, would you be okay with describing your cultural background, your personal pronouns, or your student working or non-working status? For sure. Um, so thank you again for having me. Um, my name is Nassim Asghari, and I'm currently 23 years old and based out of Toronto. Um, I was born in Tehran in Iran, um, and I've lived in different places in different continents. Um, currently a settler on Turtle Island. Um, I have a degree in human rights and equity studies from York University, um, and I'm currently working um, with a student union. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers all of your questions, but that's a that's a little sum up of who I am. Um, my work is heavily based in community and. Um, even when it's not directly related to my work work, um, my art and everything I do tries to be an extension of that at the same time, hopefully. Um, yeah. Thank you. How would you describe yourself as an artist, whether that be um, a poet or a painter, just your art form in general? Um. That's a great question. And I feel like if I was asked that in the past however many years, my simplest answer would have been um, that I'm a, I'm trying to be a poet, you know, uh, but I'm always just striving to be an artist and I'll claim that title whenever I feel like I deserve it. Um, but in, in like a broad sense, um, I... I approach my practice from a multidisciplinary um, approach. So my work is heavily tied with poetry and that is my main art form. Um, but I also do um, visual arts, uh, painting, um, installation arts, um, sculpting, 
and photography, collaging, etc. So um, I try not to limit myself to one art form, but if there's one that speaks more than the others, it would be my poetry. And um, even through the other art forms, I try to merge the poetry into it as well. So um, yeah, I try not to limit myself and just keep it, you know, keep it wide and keep it broad and um, use the tools I have access to to be able to um, convey the messages that I need to in the best possible ways or in the ways that are uh, speaking to me most, depending on like the time or the moment or the feel or um, the urgency of the piece itself. Um, Nice. I really do like that. Uh, I think art is kind of limitless and you can create art in different ways and forms. So it's mm -hmm. so interesting to me that you practice that. Uh, do you have any favorite artists yourself? Ooh, honestly, my favorite artists, I would say, um, a lot of them, if they're not, like, if they're, if they haven't passed away, um, like a lot of them are just my friends, you know, like the people around me, um, just like the everyday people who are creating, you know, um, I would say like one of the first artists I've known and have always admired and continue to look up to is um, my mom, you know, like, like she wouldn't even claim pro like being an artist, but she's the most creative person I've ever met. Um my grandma, you know, like I, I grew up seeing their pieces, which were made from like literal tools they had around them, um, whether it be like sewing something or um, creating some type of a craft or um, my mom, like with, with like stories, you know, she, she's the first storyteller I ever met. Um, my older brother, you know, some of my closest friends with their music. Um, and like, God, I don't know if it's really corny to say that, but like, that's my favorite artist, you know? Um, it's really, it's, yeah, I think um, life's just so beautiful. And I'm so blessed to have so many creative people and so many inspiring people around me. And um there are a lot of where I learn from and, and get my inspiration from. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a blessing to be in the presence of, of so many amazing people. Um, furthermore, there's folks who've passed away um, and it's not particularly um, exclusive to um, artists, for example, I try to garner that creativity and that inspiration from everywhere and everything. And um, again, art is limitless and so is the source of its inspiration. That was really well said. Um, while we're talking about inspiration, I have to ask, do you listen to any music or podcasts while creating? If so, who? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, I, whew. Who do I listen to a lot? Um, I listen to a lot of like just Quran these days, like the holy word, you know? 
the melody and like the rhythm is just like and the words like it blows my mind in diff- so many different ways um i'll watch a lot of shows um and cartoons and music wise in particular recently um it's been a lot of j electronica um it's been a lot of a lot of my friends um a lot of people like in the city you know so who have i been i'm gonna you know what i'm quickly gonna pull up my my Spotify. my playlist um well um who else am i day um my big brother got me into cold play and from an early age actually i yeah i love i love some chris martin um and also people like loki from the uk um immortal technique um nina simone um and gugush who's also who's an iranian singer just like all over the place um but recently actually i've been listening to podcasts um including the intercept with jeremy scahill which has been really informative and really great um he's interviewed people like ruth wilson gilmore and harshia wala um and um yeah it's been a little difficult for me to listen to a lot of music um just because music really affects me you know like it really hits some spots some deep spots and my feels and a lot of times i really currently just am not trying to go there and if i am i'm trying to access different parts of my feels um so <laughs> i've been listening to a little less sizza which i usually listen to and more um de electronica if that makes any sense <laughs> No, it hits a little bit too hard in the feels, I get that. submission as a whole, but I wanted to ask first, what inspired this piece? Or what inspired um, one of the pieces that you'd like to talk about, whether it be Burning, Grenade, Reminded to Self, or the Untitled one? For sure. Um, First of all, thank you for reading all of them. Um, I really submitted the four, hoping you folks would make my mind up for me and just choose one. (laughs) Um, But I guess guess in a way, they all do work together. I mean, um, they all, they've all been out of, out of personal experiences or personal thoughts, um, but feelings and thoughts that I know are not particularly only unique to me or my experience in particular, um, like knowing I have to write about these things because it's it's a collective experience, you know? We are ultimately all experiencing it differently at the end of the day, but at the same time, there's this underlying collective um, 
way of of going through these things and and feeling these things and so um some of them have come out of like just literal like purges of of words and and expressions and things that demand to be heard um and the others the other ones are almost like a self reminder as as one of them is actually called um a reminder to self and and almost like a self soothing type of um strategy you know um and hopefully to write that and to share it and to be able to connect um and potentially for the words to be able to hold someone else um the way they've held me or the way that they've been able to um extend extend what i'm feeling and and what i'm the words and the things that are going on in my head like you said this is kind of an experience that everyone can relate to um you talked about the human experience i feel in the last two poems and then you talk about more current events in the first two and i was wondering what were some of your processes for creating these pieces. You talked a little bit about what inspired you being the collective experience, but if you did have anything else to say about the process of creating the pieces or other sources of inspiration, feel free to talk about those as well. For sure. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't particularly see the, um, the personal as being separate from the collective um ultimately all of our personal experiences lead to a collective uh collective experience and collective um happening but they're really honest you know um burning which which is the first piece out of the four um it starts by saying, I learned how to hold fire at the tips of my fingers last night, except not really at all. Temporary pepper pains in apartments full. And so that literally happened. <laughs> like, like I was literally cooking one night and um, I don't know. I had no idea that, you know, you need gloves to cut scotch bonnet peppers like you know <laughs> and so like there I was just trying to make food and then within a matter of minutes my fingers literally felt like they were on fire and so um yeah like I tried everything that night to calm my fingers down and the heat of it and the pain of it um but I just ended up falling asleep with my hands in cold water um, just because there was no other solution. And while I was going through this, I was like, oh my God, like, and, and it was in the heat of, of um, my mind just being surrounded and my life being surrounded by so many things that were going on. Um, and again, like, this was my personal experience of my fingers burning and then when I think of burning, that word in itself just 
takes me to so many different places, you know, um, to the point where within the last few years, within the last, like, however many years, um, the certain expressions we use have been very, um, I've been very cautious about what I use. So, you know how people say fire, like, oh, that's so fire, that's so cool, or like, it's it's used in, in that um, in that context, in, in those moments, I was like, I can't use that anymore in that context. Recognizing the events that have happened to people I know and to the people around me, like these terms of expressions um, are beyond just terms of expressions. The experiences we have are all connected in various ways and um, there's certain things that we will only feel like a extent like I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if I'm making sense at this point. Um, no, you are. Yeah, kind of like um, like all your allusions and even direct references to some of the events that have happened in life. Uh, recently, like the Grenfell Towers burning and setting uh, fire to police cars and um, just things that are that are deeply rooted in anti-Blackness. It seems like with all of these things going on, fire isn't something that you can take so lightly when 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 there's such real applications and instances of things literally being set to fire. Yeah, that's, there you go. <laughs> um, so, so really that this piece is, is, um, that is one of the main things it's reflecting on, you know, this juxtaposition of, um, of heat and of fire and of pain, and then recognizing the reality of the world we're situated in, in which, um, so many so many of our communities are faced with these um with these hazardous things in very real ways you know um like if you think about it fire you know it's it's both it can be many things um yeah, it's it's really hard to talk about just because there's so much in that piece. Um, there's a lot of pain there. And like, I feel like so much has been happening in the past, however long, like it never, things never stopped happening, you know. Um, but to really experience or or to, to be so close to... Um, to tragedy and to um, to communities constantly being in a state of mourning, you know, in a constant state of grieving or or attempting to grieve even, you know, that opportunity is barely provided, you know, for people to actually be able to grieve in the ways in which they need to, for communities to be able to um, resolve and collectively mourn, you know, um, these opportunities are so often overlooked and ignored and ultimately 
when people are when people have to be and have no choice but to be consumed by these everyday realities ultimately the the piece is asking and and begging for us to be able to live our lives you know whatever that looks like but um i don't think there's there's a there's a Damien Marley track in which he says, um, like, he's basically talking about how he wishes the struggle would not continue, you know? Um, It shouldn't need to carry on. But hopefully, again, we need to, until until we can and until we are, um, there's no separation from for a lot of people to be or or the luxury to be able to separate themselves from that because that's just the reality you know um that's just the reality that many people are accustomed to and um yeah i think the piece is just speaking on that it's speaking on um things that have happened things that should happen and hopefully bringing it back to to hopefully you know that yeah we'll we'll keep speaking the truth for as long as we need to and uh seeking justice and fighting for justice as long as we need to but hopefully we no longer need to be fighting i i feel like that's best exemplified in that last stanza anger exhausted rage on the stove simmering emanating warmth and light, always giving life, always seeking justice. May we all get to live our lives too. That kind of encapsulates what you said, that we will keep fighting, but it's exhausting. And sometimes the light burns out. Um, It's always there, but at some point we're just hoping to, you know, achieve justice and get on with our lives as well. Pretty much. That sums it up really well. For well, sure. it's your words, not mine. <laughs> your it's hard to, um, yeah. Again, it's. I think I'm having difficulty speaking on the piece just because I think in a lot of ways the piece speaks for itself. Um, and not to say there isn't more that can be said about it, or or there isn't more I could add on. There's always more to add on. Um, but that piece is like it's it's the um yeah it's it's the most poignant thoughts put into sequence i guess that i had i'm looking at grenade here um and i'm wondering how would you describe that in relation to just itself or in relation to the other pieces as well? Um, I mean, the piece, the piece kind of goes in, in many directions and, um, it's really, it's really this, this struggle between the self um what that means and for me personally um where where god falls into that and and the guidance that i seek from god through that journey um 
and then the piece also, I think one of my favorite parts is that it acknowledges the importance of justice ultimately. And so one of the things is um, in Islam, we God has more than 99 names, you know, and these names are attributes and they're not to be separated from each other to say, for example, um, God is Ar-Rahman or, or Ar-Rahim, um, the most beneficent, the most merciful, but rather like he's a collection of all of these attributes at the same time. And one of God's attributes is the most just, you know? Um, so recognizing how, for, for me, that's the source, you know, when I speak of justice, I know, I know that there's, there's a, there's a source of justice and there is a all just entity and being, um, and to say that we, if we can, and when we strive, we can be reflections of those attributes. Um, we can strive to be the most just. We can strive to be merciful. Um, and yeah, the piece really, I feel like it goes, it goes through these things. It goes through this inner conversation, through this conversation with God and this like putting up this mirror to myself and being like, okay, this is what you want. This is what you're thinking. Is this real or are you just telling yourself this? And then ultimately, what is real? Um, and ultimately, it, it recognizes that yeah, there's there's it all comes back to this cultivating this inner um, this inner peace and I feel like I am most able to um, be myself and feel myself when I'm in a place where I'm given the opportunity and I cultivate the space for myself to be able to hold myself. Um, and that isn't to say that we don't need our community and, and whatever else, you know, in that holding of self, but to, to recognize that um, ultimately when we can hold ourselves, then that's like, I don't know, to me, there's, there's so much freedom in that, in being able to show up for yourself, um, using what you have, using what's around you and being able to, um, again, cultivate that inner peace and that, um, even, even cultivate or, or hold on to be able to hold on to the inner chaos while it's happening, you know? And I feel like that a lot of it actually is that, is, is this chaos that's going out, going on, um, but being able to harness it in a, in a specific direction, um, in the direction that serves itself and, and its surroundings in the best possible ways. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite lines from this piece was, but I will burn and rise in the same breath. I'll hold on to my heart until I reach the gates of heaven or hell. This is all I've got left. 
And I feel like that shows what you were just talking about with the self accountability mm -hmm. and also the finding inner peace. Cause in a sense, when, when you feel accountable for yourself, it feels like, you know, life goes on and there's other things around you, but you're kind of at peace with mm -hmm. yourself because you're taking care of yourself in that way. So I just really did like that line there. Thank you. Um, and I wanted to ask as well, um, what role religion and faith and spirituality plays in your writing? Because I noticed a lot of references to religion and um, they're really beautiful. I wanted to ask you how that influenced your writing. Thank you. Um... I love that question just because the answer is like it it affects me in every way, you know. Um I my the places in which I am at most peace are when um I don't know, like there was a feeling I used to get and a, and a feeling of peace that used to come over me after I used to perform on stage. Um, and it was this indescribable high almost, you know, that, I, that I'd never experienced before. Um, as much as it felt like a high, it also felt like a war, you know. Um, and when you're on stage, like you're not at war with anything, but like there's this tension, you know, between you, between the words, between intention between um, the stage, between the audience, and the ways in which after that I'm able to ground myself has been has been through prayer, you know? Um, the way in which I always ground myself is through prayer, you know, five times a day. Um, I try to surround myself with that and infuse myself in that because Ultimately, I try to go to the source of where I believe inspiration and creativity are from to garner that creativity and that inspiration. And the ways in which um, my faith, my Islam, has been able to um, allow me to face myself, but also in the ways in which it... Um, keeps me rooted to keeping myself accountable, you know, um, to, for example, have like just, just this idea and this, um, concept of having faith in something bigger than yourself, cultivating time for prayer, um, to something that is bigger than yourself, um, recognizing that, I am accountable to someone else and and the and not just to someone else but like ultimately to everyone around me you know the creations of the creator you know um I don't see these things as separate um and ultimately Islam in particular it's it's outlined so many of my values and my morals for me to the point where um I recognize things as a duty, you know? Um, I recognize being able to speak out or speaking out against injustices as a duty, not just not just a, 
a fun thing to do or not just, um, I don't know, not just, uh, not, not anything to be thanked for, not anything to, um, it's, it's a duty, you know, um, I feel like these things are incumbent upon me and just being able to have that and knowing that, um, it just, it just brings so much peace in me. Um, and being a part of this, this faith that is, um, just like universally binds so many people together has just been an honor of my life. You know, um, I get so much inspiration from it and to be able to within myself and also outwardly be able to express um, my admiration and the sources of where I draw a lot of my um, inspiration from has been, it's, it's just what, what flows through me, you know? Um, and I can never do it justice, I ultimately, but um, yeah, the ways in which yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it really holds me down. It's really a part of my everyday. Um, and I just want to be infused with it as much as I can um, and with its teachings as much as I can. I feel like that relates a little bit to your third poem, Reminder to Self, where you're talking about things like breathing and just um, self-assurance and ways to remind yourself to remain calm and just as you're talking about religion being this gra grounding reminder um how would you describe your poem reminder to yourself whether it relates to what you were talking about beforehand or or not i don't know it's it's really a reminder to be gentle with yourself you know um that like ultimately a day in which we don't do harm onto ourselves and onto our surroundings ultimately that is a beautiful day you know um and just recognizing that that in order to do that in or in order to create that reality um it takes time it takes patience it takes um it takes stillness you know um, and again, it's called reminder to self because it's literally a reminder to self um, to just breathe. Sometimes, sometimes I forget to breathe, you know, or like, you know, we're breathing, hence why we're alive. But to to breathe in the real sense of the word, in which, um, by extension, you can release, you know. You can release, um, unclench your jaw, like settle your back, um, feel feel the breath like going in through through your through your mouth all the way to your guts, and and to be able to release that, you know, these these, um, just just to be able to to breathe and to remind ourselves to breathe and to really feel it, you know, like we're really alive. And we're able to do that. And that in itself is 
is a blessing. Um, and yeah, to not even take that for granted, you know, um, to, to be able to, um, to be able to hold onto our breaths as a reminder that we're alive, you know, um, and as a testament to that. I feel like that says a lot about art and its ability to help people um, find wellness. Um, but in a different vein, gonna switch it up a little bit. Uh, I was hoping to talk about uh, more of the social justice aspect of your art and art in general, and the power that art holds for um, challenging narratives and highlighting themes that are important in today's society. Uh, what are your thoughts on represent representation in arts, firstly? That's a great question. Um, so, like, ultimately, representation is crucial, you know? Um, but I think I think it's good because a lot of the discourse on representation has also navigated into what type of representation we want to see, um, not just that we want point blank representation, because um, sometimes that could be even more detrimental depending on who are the people who are putting that representation forward, for example. Um, but ultimately, like. There's, there's voices that get highlighted more than others. Um, and there's, there's stories and narratives that are um, more sought after than others. Um, but ultimately, no, rep re I, representation is crucial, um, but I think the right representation by extension is also crucial. Um, and to, to really be able to um, also in the same vein focus on what is being said as opposed to who is saying it, if that makes sense. Because um, the truth can be found in, in many different places. And... Um, yeah, I think that is that is what I seek or what I try to look for, you know, um, the truth and, and the words of truth and, and people who are striving to seek that truth and to gain proximity to that truth. I think that's a good point to make. Um, and the next question was, what do you feel your piece says about social justice and fighting injustice? Um, that it's, that, that these are daily acts, you know, um, it, the, the, it, it's not a, it's not a one-time thing. It's, it's a constant, um, it's a constant, constant renewal of that, um, and of, of working towards that and, and ultimately hoping to reflect what I want on the outside and, and hopefully 
build it within myself first. Um, so I really, one of the things I, I wrote when I was much younger that I still in a lot of ways um, stick to today is uh, revolutionize the soul in order to revolutionize the soul, revolutionize the soul um, and simultaneously revolutionize the world. You know, I don't think these things work separate from each other. Um, I don't think that um, when we're working on one, we're not actively working on the other one. I think they're they're very attached to one another, and um, these things are are active verbs. You know, um, not just titles, not just events, but the ways in which we bring these out in our day-to-day -day lives and interactions, you know? Um, and to be able to do justice to other people, a lot of times we need to be able to um, be just to ourselves, you know? Um, yeah, I hope that answered your question. No, it does. It went above and beyond. Um, my next question was, <laughs> what do you... Go ahead, no, sorry. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. My next question was, what do you feel your piece says about healing, love, and moving forward from trauma? Ooh. Um, I think the pieces provide a lot of grace when it comes to those topics, you know? Um, that these things are not, like, healing healing is a is a lifetime process you know um for a lot of us and and it looks different at different points in our lives um and a lot of times like trauma lives with us but it approaches us differently in certain times and spaces and obviously there's ways of of working through things but i don't think healing is a destination um, because like, there's always room to, to like, the world has left us so scarred, you know, there's, there's never really a point where you can just say, oh, I'm healed, you know, I'm good. And if there is like, I mean, all power to you, if you're that person and you're able to say, oh, I'm healed from this. Great. Um, but unfortunately the way I've seen the world is that um, yeah, it, it really is a cycle of, um, events and there's many times we're faced with similar situations and the healing also is demonstrated in the ways in which we've grown from the last thing, uh, from the last happening. And sometimes we haven't, sometimes we're re-traumatized, um, but ultimately, the pieces speak on how healing comes from many sources. For me, it's from God. It's from community. It's from my people. It's from my family. Um, it's from the earth, you know? And it's a constant struggle. It's a constant journey, rather. Um, and there's ups and downs. And... I think ultimately um, to give ourselves grace through that process and to give each other 
to be gentle with one another through that process. And one more question within the same vein. Why is it important to create art that reflects your communities and who you are as a person? <laughs> I mean, I have no choice, you know? <laughs> like, like these are, these are the realities. These are our lives. And um, if anything, it's an honor to be able to speak on these things and to be able to channel it in a way um, that is more palatable um but also resonates with people in in different ways um and and to be able to do that through art is is a blessing and um i know art has the power to move and shake rather as well and so um I'm, I know I'm indebted to the communities I belong to and to the, to the people and to the stories and events and um, everything that has led up to this moment. And even if I'm not directly speaking to those things or, or about those things, everything, um, everything feels like an extension of almost. Um, and yeah, it's again, like, it's also a part of my duty. Like I was saying, Islam, I feel in a lot of ways, holds me accountable to myself, to my communities, to my, my creator. Um, and so to feel like it's a duty, uh, to be able to speak when I'm, afforded a platform or there's been a there's been a platform um again i see it as a duty and something that's necessary do you believe or feel that being an artist is respected in today's society um i think it is more than it was that's for sure um, and I don't know whether when I was younger and first starting out, it was that people um, would, you know, overlook or under underpay attention to or um, because of my age, because I was young or because of the recognition of the importance of art. Um, but I definitely do feel like um, the importance of art has been recognized much more in the past, uh, in the past few years. Um, and there's artists at the forefront of movements too, you know, and I feel like that's really been, um, and, and, and movements in regards to, um, you know, like grassroots movements, but also like movements that are, um, that are striving for like a collective healing and, and, and all of these things. Like I, I feel like the importance of art and um, the connections it holds are really beginning to ex like be um, surrounded by exclamation marks more than ever before. And, and the importance is really starting to uh, show itself and, um, 
even my approach has has been has shifted in in the past while as well um yeah and i feel like the more artists do get shut down and um ignored the more they will continue to create and hopefully and and um the importance even will begin to multiply or the the recognition of the importance will begin to multiply furthermore thank you and i guess that ties into my next question which was what is the most empowering thing for you being an artist of color Um, again, just like this, it's, it's an honor to be able to express myself in, in these ways. Um, and one of the biggest parts is being able to tell my own story and narrative and being able to, um, tell the stories of my communities, you know? Um, I think that is, that is what's most important to me, being able to, express those things and, um, ultimately establish the realities from our own, from our own viewpoints, um, do you believe that a creator's artwork is an extension of themselves? Um, and could someone look at your artwork and feel like they have connected with it and your values? Yeah, that is the hope. That For me personally, that is the hope. Um, to both speak on, on my values, but also to speak on values I'm striving for, you know, in this, in this state of being and becoming and and forming and revolutionizing all at the same time, you know, growing into myself. Um, but yeah, for sure. For me, I, I definitely feel that my art is an extension of myself and my values and where I hope to be and um, where essentially my, my priorities lie as well. And lastly, what advice would you give to the next generation of artists of color? To constantly check in with myself or yourself and reevaluate or evaluate your intentions of why you're creating and who you're creating for, you know, um, who you want your audience to be, who you're trying to connect with you know, constantly um, reminding yourself of that and checking in with yourself and um, to keep creating, to keep going, to not stop, to not be um, intimidated and to recognize that um, In, in I'm, I'm actually going to pull it up, but ultimately, no, I'm not going to pull it up because I will do it injustice in this moment. But ultimately, um, there are so many things against us and, and there are so many narratives against us. So to recognize that it's important for us and for you to um, to speak your own truths and your own narratives so that no one else can 
do that for you. Um, to write our own stories so that false stories aren't written about us. And if they are, we're able to say, this is the truth and here it is, you know. Um, to move with intention, to um, to be fearless because ultimately they, they don't want us to speak. They don't want us to express. And to do that is such an act of resistance in itself. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, thank you, Nassim, for all the time and attention and thought you put into this conversation. Uh, and thank you for making your art available for other people to read and witness in this year's zine. Um, that was Nassim. And you can find more of her art um, on our SOC website, as well as the zine that was posted. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great and lovely talking to you. And um, yeah, whoever I I hope I hope we keep we keep building and we keep striving. And um, in the midst of it, we're able to hold ourselves, hold our breaths, to release it, and to find stillness in the midst of everything. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي قال رب زدني علما لبيك يا حسين لبيك يا زينب This world is a world of struggles and trials this world is a world of struggles and trials. I will continue to survive. I will weigh all that's been put onto my plate and make a balance. Maybe if I share my hardships and tell you of the demons that have made a home in me, you can make less mistakes. Dealing and healing never end. It's just the tribulations and methods that morph and shift. Don't lose yourself in the process. Growth feels like running away from home, uncomfortable. Don't let the bitterness make a home inside of you, a monster, lockness. White people, fairy tales, unfazed. Bloody Mary will never make a home inside of this brain. Maman's already taught me the ways. Surah Falaq infused in these veins. Soft to the core, possessed by every sunrise. The thorns inside of me are made up of raindrops. Letting go of the sky, just unbelievably missing and craving the earth's touch. Believe me, a phenomenon, undefined, unbothered, untouched. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Reminder to self. When words get stuck in your esophagus, sing staying alive while trying to perform CPR on yourself. Spit it out. You've been holding your breath for too long. Filling your lungs with smog only to exhale should not be your reminder of how to breathe again. 
run back into yourself a mirror maze in this winter craze everything has been hazy but darling it's okay you're not even complaining these are your favorite days the goal is never tainted hibernation is necessary when foreign tongues reign but with no real legitimacy when every single cell is begging you to the Frankie Valleys where the sun shines. Every day you make it alive with death always on your mind. You are building. Volcanoes erupt eventually, becoming your own legacy. Divine and undefined, even when you are taking your time, you are making history. This episode has been brought to you by the Students of Color Collective in partnership with CFUV. This podcast was produced by Melanie Lam with the support of Funa Robusoye and Neha Saxena.